Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, 12 year old Sarah Griffin was put into an induced coma after being rushed to hospital with difficulty breathing after vaping. And her mum, Mary, is with me here on the programme today. Mary, thank you for, for joining us. Tell me a little bit about when you first heard what happened to, to Sarah. Um, it was the Sunday night. She was going to bed. Sarah had started coughing. Um, now, this isn't unusual for Sarah. Um, this time of year, there's always colds and flus. And with her being asthmatic, her chest would always kind of be a bit tight around this time of year. So she started coughing on the Sunday night and she had her inhalers and the nebulizer. And she was sort of like that throughout the night. Um, on the Monday morning, she cried that her, her throat was sore. So she was given um, some paracetamol as well for the pain in her throat. Um, she wasn't feeling well, so she stayed in bed. And I brought her two younger siblings. Um, I was getting them ready to bring them to school. Um, we might have only got about four yards or so. And Sarah was ringing. Mummy, can you come back? So naturally, I turned around and brought the kids back with me. Um, and I went and checked on Sarah. And I, I gave her or inhalers again and the nebulizer again at this point and she seemed to settle so I was, I was just convinced it was just maybe another chest infection um, so she settled for a while so me and the other two were downstairs and um, Sarah fell, to, fell asleep so after a while I, I told Sarah that I was just going to run to the shop and it wouldn't be long um, I wasn't gone that long when Sarah actually rang she could hardly breathe um, Bernie talk um, she said in the words, you know, she needs a doctor or go to a hospital. So I phoned her daddy um, to come and take her to the hospital. We thought she was going to go to the hospital and, you know, they would check her over, put her on the nebulizers, as this is what's happened before. Um, she'd be home in an hour or so. Um, so I was just sorting out her younger sister and older brother before I went over to the hospital. And then I got a text message from Sarah saying um, they checked her vitals. Um, her oxygen was low and within minutes her daddy was on the phone saying you need to hurry up she's in recess um, and, I, and at that I got a message from Sarah saying I don't want to die without you so of course blind panic and I'm I'm running in the car and I can't go fast enough to get there and as I entered the recess room and Sarah was there she was on the edge of the trolley I went over and gave her a hug and told her everything was going to be okay and the doctors then showed me her x-ray where one of her lungs was just out of, out of grace. It wasn't working at all. The other one had been working twice as hard, um, which was then making it harder for Sarah to breathe. Um, the doctors then, there were so many in the room, they were, they were um, checking her vitals over and over, had had her in oxygen, the different tubes, um, it was just manic uh, and I guess I knew it was serious but I think up until that point I still didn't think it was as bad yeah. until I heard the words I see you and at that point I just thought oh my god this is serious this is really really serious here um, the doctors asked about her social life and I had said that she had been vaping no matter how, how hard you try to stop there's always a way for them Um so they, um, I got on the trolley with Sarah because she was saying it was sore. And she she planned against me on the trolley as they brought her up to ICU. Um, when we got there, the doctor says, 
to give them a half an hour or an hour. And we'll be able to go and see her. But me and her daddy and her younger brother were in the family room. And it was four and a half hours before we could get in to see her. And at that point, I just I thought she'd died. It was a lot longer to be told a half an hour an hour. Mm-hmm. And then to be left waiting for four and a half hours. I thought that was it. I thought she was gone. Um, and then nothing prepared me for walking in bed. I see you to see her like that. Nothing. Um, it was just so destroying. Heartbreak is something you'll never forget. Um, she was in, in the induced coma. Um, she had so many machines, so many different things being pumped into her, so many tests being done. She needed the 24-hour care. Um, she even had physiotherapy coming to try to get her lungs working. Um, oh, and she, she just looked so lost in the bed. I felt so helpless. Um, me and her daddy took it in turns to stay. One stayed during the day, the other one stayed at night. They just back and forth, uh, trying to balance life with the other children as well. Um, all along there asking me, is Sarah going to be okay? Is she going to be home? When is she going to be home? And then tell them she's going to be fine. And I just, in my heart, I just didn't realise tell them the truth. Yeah. And the doctors then come around and explained that with Sarah, it was, it was her asthma and an infection. But because of the vaping, she wasn't strong enough. It played a big factor in it. She wasn't strong enough to fight either the infection or her her asthma attack. Um, so she was like that for four days, four days, for four and then we days, decided, Mary, four b- days. Before they, this is this was when the the uh, medics had put her into an induced coma, was it? Yeah, four days in four an days. induced coma. Yeah, um, it was just horrific. Just didn't know what way she was going to, whether she was going to survive or if she did, what way she was going to be. If she was going to be harmed, because having such low oxygen, then uh, it was just one way shit anybody, one way shit anybody, adult or child. It's just a horrible thing to see. Um, the it's very traumatizing, Mary, for you. Yeah, sorry. You? Even the idea, even even to receive that message. I know. I, I don't want to die without you. Yeah. I can't imagine it. It must have been the, the just the most heartbreaking text message for for you to get on your way to the hospital. Yes, yes. the longest journey I'm sure for you trying to get Definitely. there as well. And it was just, oh my god! You no, know, you've a friend good through your head. What happens if she does die? I'm not with her. I love her. Forgive herself. Will she ever forgive me? You. Know, oh my god! It was just terrifying. Horrific. You felt so Absolutely useless. Absolutely desperate. <sighs> She thankfully she she turned a corner though. She turned a corner. Thank God, yes. Um, although we thought when when they were um, when she was starting to come off the machines and stuff, we thought you were talking months in the hospital. We thought you know real real long long haul. But thankfully, Sarah seemed to have done this miraculous thing, and within um. Within a short time, she just completely turned it around, and she spent six uh, six days on the children's respiratory ward, where we've seen more consultants and doctors and nurses. Um, she was put on steroids, new inhalers. Um, she now remains on 
the high risk patient for the rest of her life. So it's not just the case that she's got home and she's okay. This is something now that's gonna has changed her life forever now. She, she, she's twelve years of age and her lungs will never work properly the way they should. Um, she's only a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, oh my God, you just don't want to waste it on anybody. The, the doctors, Mary explained. Um, am, I, am I right in saying this to you? Like, obviously, Sarah has has an, and has had asthma, you know, for for yeah. for all of her life, and you know. Uh, it's funny, I, I've it, asthma myself and, and, you know, you like you're so used to the constant coughing and the wheezing and that that comes with it that might seem unnormal to, you know, to, to somebody else. But sure, sure you and your and, um, and her dad are probably probably so used to that. But in this case, Sarah had an infection as well. And then did the doctor say that it was, you know, I suppose the, the fact then that she had been vaping, that that's what that's where the complications came from? Have I yeah, that right? that's, the, that's what made it so complicated, yeah. Um, to the point where they've never had to put a child in the induced coma to do with breathing. Um, that, they, that they're aware of ever, you know. Um, they explained that even anybody, even an adult with asthma, that would be their last choice, their last option, is to put them in to an induced coma because it becomes... It comes with a whole lot of complications and high risk. And the fact was that was the only option there was for Sarah. It was the only option. And like everybody, you know, you're going like, once you come around, what will, what will, what's the outcome here? Do you have to put your faith in the doctors and the nurses and just hope that, you know, they, they do the right thing and, Thank God they were amazing. They were amazing and the double. And they then as as they become about speaking to me, they had said about the Chest Heart and Stroke Association. That's maybe wanting to run a wee story because they were touching on on the vaping stories to try and get it banned. So they asked could they use Sarah's story to try and raise awareness. Because the reality is, nobody knows how dangerous these things are. Nobody knows what's in them. And that's for anybody, child or adult. You know, you can get them, the kids up here are just, they're, they're all running around with them. Had Sarah been, had she been, um, Mary, had Sarah been vaping for long? Um, I first caught Sarah when she was nine or ten. She had been hanging about with an older girl. And the older girl had given it to her. Um, okay. So she tried and it and then... She, so she had tried it and then nothing for a long time. And then I think she, she met somebody else who was, you know, new friends. And as kids do, trying to impress and different things. Um, and then, of course, and then you go through the motions, you're grounded, you're, you know, you're not getting money, all these things, you're not allowed near them. Then when she got to secondary school, that was it. Nearly every child in that school has them. Everybody's vaping. They're all yeah. Uh, everybody. So no matter, no matter if I kept her in, she should still do it in school, on her way to school, on her way home from school, whatever you know. Oh, take, just, no, take 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 a moment, Mary. I know I know it's very it's, it's very difficult, you know, to to relive all of this, and I I do appreciate you you sharing your story today. I know you were. 
you were keen to um you know to, to talk about it i suppose and to raise awareness because you're you're supporting as you mentioned the uh, the the northern ireland the chest heart and stroke their new they've actually launched a new vaping awareness campaign for yeah. people and i i know you're 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 very much um supporting that but like you know even in in the north they'd actually it's illegal or it has certainly been i think illegal to sell vapes to anyone under, under the age of um 18 for quite some time that's actually only something that was passed here in in, in the south um i think earlier this year to ban the sale of vapes to to the under 18s you know and in terms of advertising but like what would you say or what's your message i suppose to parents maybe listening to you today that you know the teenagers open are vaping eyes. an odd time or yeah open your eyes don't be thinking my child wouldn't do that because the reality is they've probably either tried it or using them it's they're that common now um, and to think of Sarah if any of the kids are hearing this story to think of Sarah and to think it can happen to them you know everybody thinks it'll never happen to me and obviously Sarah thought the same thing and I mean, thank God she's here to tell people and to try and raise awareness of what it can do to you and just don't touch them, just say no don't adult or child, just sorry oh, take, take your time Mary, take your time take your time you know it's just, just don't do it don't do it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to see another child or another family go through what we went through. It's just so even if it is only one family that stops, it's still something. You know? Yeah. How is how is Sarah how how is she doing now, Mary? Sarah's doing well. She yeah. returned back to school. Um, did she? Good. Yeah. She did to try and get some normality, you know. Um obviously now she's only back like kind of part time because I don't want her going in at the same time as once and I don't want her coming out at the same time because the temptation is going to be there and when she did return there was one wave on them in her face and stuff trying to antagonise and trying to entice her to, to do it again you know um, hopefully yeah, she hasn't touched them and thank God I don't think yeah. she ever will again yeah. Okay, Listen Mary thank you for, for joining us today here on on the program, and I, I do appreciate your time, and I hope, you know, I hope, hope Sarah's keeping well and and on the mend. Um, and thanks for for sharing your story. Look after yourself, Mary, as well. That's Mary Griffin there, um, telling us about her twelve year old daughter, Sarah. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.